a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe. All right, welcome on in. It is your jazz game night. It is your jazz postgame right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz fall this evening. 125-116, your final to the Detroit Pistons. The Jazz have now lost two in a row there after they had that nice uh, two wins that they had stolen out of there, and then they lose to the Clippers, and then they lose to the Pistons tonight. Coach Tim Lacombe. I'm Alex Curie filling in for Jake Scott, who's, uh, I don't know, Thanksgiving, giving thanks apparently at this point. And so, He's uh, with, the in-law, with the in-laws family. Yeah. So. Hey, you know what? You gotta, you gotta, that's, that's the kind of business that you do. you got to take care of that kind of business this time of year. So, Tim, we watched this one together, and lots of head-scratching moments in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter when we're all looking at each other going, what, is, uh, what was that possession about? What was this possession about? Lots of empty possessions. I think the most head-scratching one was getting down to 24 seconds on the, on the shot clock and Kelly Olenek not getting a shot off uh, with about two and a half minutes left in the game. You're down six, and you need to get some points. You at least need to have a possession where you get something out of it. Instead, they don't even get a shot off at the, at the shot clock. So lots missing there. That's kind of a, a hallmark of not having your, your floor general. We could just all night say that not having Mike Conley was, uh, was really, really hurting this team tonight, but they just didn't get the offense going in the last eight minutes of this game. Yeah, I felt like they started the game a little sluggish, and, and I've seen that look. Um, no, you know, it's no big surprise coming in. The Pistons have four wins on the season. Um, and as hard as you try, sometimes as a coaching staff, to prepare the guys. Uh, and on top of that, they have a bunch of guys out, that as well. Um, it's hard to get the full attention sometimes. And I felt like the Jazz came out offensively and were very good. I thought the ball moved around. I thought... Um, they certainly shot a good percentage and, for the most part, took good shots. Um, where the Jazz struggled tonight um, was, I think, executing down the fourth, down the stretch offensively and then throughout the game just get, being having a consistent defensive presence. Um, you know, I felt like the Pistons operated where they wanted to. Uh, I'm curious to hear Coach Hardy's take on it, but my guess is that, that that's going to be something they talk about is you always want to try to bend your opponent's shot chart. And tonight, Detroit kind of played right where they wanted to play. Uh, defense has been a problem for this Jazz team. Not just transition D, but I mean, especially transition defense. But they've been struggling on keeping teams out of that hoop. And 125 points they gave up tonight uh, was, I mean, here's what the shooting numbers look like for the Jazz. They go 18 for 41 from three, which is like a blisteringly hot night for them, right? 44% from the three-point line. Uh, overall shooting just under 50% from the uh from the field at 40 you know 41 for 83 on the evening 
Uh, the free throws weren't bad, 16 for 19. There you go. But you see numbers like that, you think, and then they score 116 points. That's what they've won games with, with those exact numbers. The problem has been that, that uh, I mean, they had 110 with six minutes left. You know, So you look around, you go, this Jazz team didn't score in those last four or five minutes. They didn't have anything going on the offensive side of things. So it was just a, it was a tough one to, to stomach, I think, for a lot of Jazz fans who watched the offense. The ball was going in like crazy. Just not in those last six and a half minutes. They certainly, I mean, Ron Boone pointed it out at the end there. The I think it was seven for 22 in the fourth quarter um, shooting-wise for this Jazz team. Not good enough. They get the loss, 125-116. Said to uh, Coach Hardy his post-game comments after he got a little heated under the collar there. Timely turnovers um, in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, as a team, we've gotten to this point by playing with a chip on our shoulder, and I do not think that we had that chip in the first half. What's the trick to closing quarters? Well, is that execution, or because Detroit continued to close pretty well, it seemed like in each quarter. Yeah, we had costly turnovers, um, some poor defense at the end of quarters, getting rejected in pick and roll. Um, you know, we, we have to just stick with the game plan on both ends of the floor. Um, closing those quarters that way can be deflating. Um, but the NBA is a game of runs, and it always will be. But I think that the game was lost in the first half with our lack of energy, um, our lack of desire as a group. Um, i got to do a better job of getting us ready to go. So far, that I mean, more specifically tonight, how guys are doing on screens, like whether or not they're moving through them well or getting around them off. Uh, very poor. I think we're doing a very poor job in pick and roll defense. Um, I've got to do a better job of teaching that. Um, we are laying on screens. Our pickup points are bad. Um, we're not physical with the ball handler. I thought late in the fourth quarter, Colin had some really good possessions of it. Um, but again, we know what we need to do as a team, and we know what good basketball looks like for our team on both ends of the floor. We cannot let that chip on our shoulder go away because if you play any half in the NBA from down 12, you have to play almost perfect to win. Um, so credit to the Pistons. They were ready to play. You look at, I guess in the NBA, you obviously have to give something up, and they scored inside and mid-range and from three tonight. What what ideally do you want to give up as a defense, and, and kind of where do you think you, you fell short on that end? Yeah, I think you know we forced them into some mid-range shots that they made a lot of. That's been a thing that's happened a lot this year. I think we're the 28th best defense defending the mid-range this year, um, but that's a shot that we're looking to give up. I thought a lot of their interior baskets were off of second-chance points. Um, we didn't do a good job of collecting the rebounds. And in transition, I think in the half court, for the most part, the shots they took going towards the basket were contested uh, pretty well. But we have to do a better job on the second shot. You know, we've done a good job all year of limiting threes. You know, they only took 24 of them tonight. Credit to them, they made 12, um, which can happen. There's always going to be some variance at the three-point line. But, um, again, I think that they just they got very, very comfortable because of our lack of physicality. And that let them feel good about all those shots they were shooting, um, whether the shots were trying to give up or not. Transition defense and opponents offensive rebounding have kind of become consistent themes in this last stretch. How do you go about, like, I guess, kind of driving that home and fixing those particular issues? 
Yeah, it's something we we continue to address um, as a as a team, and it takes a collective effort. Those things are not pretty. Those things are hard to do, um, but they really take attention because the way the league is going now, the way a lot of teams are playing much smaller and faster. If you shoot the ball and you just stare, by the time they've gotten the rebound, if you haven't moved either towards the rebound or to get back, it's too late. Um, you can't play defense even with your man. You have to get back and get in front of the ball. Um, and then the rebounding is just going to continue to be a, a collective effort from everybody. We can't rely on one person to rebound for us. Um, we're having guys contest shots at the rim and nobody is coming to clean up the rebound on the weak side by being physical with the roller so you know this is stuff that we're continuing to work on and you know I expect to see improvement soon Walker gets called for a lot of fouls setting screens offensively is that technique on his part or is that timing in the ball handler or what is the consistent issue with their one it's a little bit of everything um, you don't get much benefit of the doubt when you're a rookie too he has to be pretty perfect but I think he needs to do a better job of stopping short um, to give the guy some space. You know, that being said, uh, Walker's moving screens don't concern me in the slightest. I think setting screens is very important, and sometimes, you know, it's just unfortunate the timing of those plays, but it's a little bit like holding in the NFL. It happens a lot. Sometimes it's called and sometimes it's not. It's just part of the game. What was the explanation that you were given for the elbow to Lowry not being reviewed? No one saw it, and so there was no foul called, and you can't just review a play that there's no whistle blown. Um, I'm going to stop there. Uh, I would surprise to see you put in Doak and Kessler at the same time for a minute in the first. I'm just curious what the, the thought was there. Yeah, I think... Um, had the game been going a little bit differently in that moment, we would have liked to do it a little bit longer. Um, <clears throat> we wanted to try to give our second unit something as an advantage. And we thought that, you know, those two guys as screen setters for JC and, and B's would be good. And hopefully they'd be able to get on the glass um, on both ends. Um, seeing as how we've struggled rebounding the ball, it was just something we thought would give us a little bit of a different look. And uh, it's something we've worked on in practice and have liked. So stay tuned. It may happen again. <laughs> You're speaking pregame about, you know, talking to Colin about just keep playing and how the decision making, you know, needs to and will get better. Uh, he went over the career high, 12 assists tonight. How did you feel about his performance in that area tonight? I thought offensively he was very good. Um, I think he picked his spots to shoot very well. I think he went into the game with the mindset of let's just get the best shot we can for our team on every possession. And, you know, his stat line reflects that. He moved the ball to his teammates very well tonight. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really great to see progress like that. Um, I know that, that he'll feel good about that because it's something that he's been working really, really hard on with our coaches. Um, He's been working on a lot of reads out of pick and roll and when he's driving out of isolation. So, um, you know, he did a very good job of that tonight. You're good. Thank you. Thank you.
There's the coach, Will Hardy, after the uh, loss to the Pistons this evening. Jazz fall uh, 125 to 116. Uh, those were his thoughts there. A lot of interesting stuff there. Uh, coach Tim Lacombe, furiously taking notes over there. I am also, and we've got a ton that we're going to break down as well. We're going to bid adieu to our network affiliates uh, across the state here, and so we appreciate that, and we're going to take the uh, break here. We'll come back. We'll break down what we heard in the postgame comments from uh, the coach and much more right here on your Jazz postgame on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacoe. Welcome back. It is Jazz Game Night right here, your postgame Tim Lacombe, Alex Curie filling in for Jake Scott. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hopefully you're uh, traveling safely wherever you're at. And uh, if people are making that late-night drive or uh, just arriving to a destination, man, we hope you got there safely, and we hope you uh, continue to be safe on this uh, holiday weekend. Tim, uh, my heavens, there was a lot that was broken down there that uh, in that conversation with Will Hardy. Fired up was the man, right? I mean, the guy gets to the end of the game. It's one thing to lose. It's another to have a couple of things that are head scratchers. And, uh, you know, I I said this to you, too. For as much as I've heard him all season long, he just has all the answers. I mean, he really does break things down so, so well. I was was listening to a couple of things that he said. Our pick-and-roll defense is just really bad, right? And he said, pick-and-roll defense is just really bad. And he says he needs to teach it better. What do you do when you teach better pick-and-roll defense, Coach? What is the stuff that you tell these guys, this is how you have to play better pick-and-roll defense? Because certainly uh, they've, they've struggled the last few games, and you've seen a lot of – you've seen a lot of uh, – I mean, he just he brought it right up. We've been awful at it. Yeah, I think obviously there's, there's lots of different coverages, and it depends on if they're guard-to-guard, you're going to switch it. Um, there's a technique to switching so that you don't just uh, assume – and we used to talk about it all the time. When two guys come together with the ball, you talk, you touch, you come close enough together where you actually touch each other and, and form almost the wall that they can't slip, uh, and then you switch it. So you've done the talking, you, you verify, hey, we're doing this, and you switch. So there's a, there's a technique involved. And then with the ball screen at the top, you know, ball screen on the wings, there's going to be different coverages. And so I think the biggest thing, Alex, is is probably that the – guys shoes need to match their belt honestly that that everybody's on the same page um we used to use that that term a lot but in a ball screen situation you can't assume um you have to there has to be a call and you have to designate who makes the call typically typically it's the big guy um and then there are certain responsibilities depending on the coverage you're in um, and so just being able to, A, understand what coverages you're going to be in and then, B, executing within those, and there's different technique and detail. But I, I think that's probably what the main thing Coach Hardy's talking about there. Uh, he also brought up uh, defending that mid-range shot. He says, look, I'm willing to give that up. It's, it's just something it's, – it's not a great shot anyway kind of overall, but this year's been funny because the Jazz have been almost dead last in the league on, on giving that shot up, defending it. So when he says, "Hey, we're ready, we're, we're okay giving that shot up," it's just it's an interesting one there, there too because you, we talk about how much we hate that you know twenty one and a half foot shot, and you go, "I'm willing to give that one up because it's a low percentage shot typically." But the Jazz have, have really seen that ball fall against them this year. Yeah, it's it's a interesting you know, with analytics, the three point shot, everything kind of has its priority and its value. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're trying to obviously make 
decisions within the context of your offense to try to get uh, the best points per possession each time down the floor. Uh, and that's kind of, as we talked about, bench shot, uh, shot charts. Uh, you don't want to give up a mid-range shot. You certainly want to contest, but that's almost where you want to force everything. You want to have teams shooting contested twos as opposed to wide-open threes or things at the rim or certainly free throws. So uh, to your point, you, you know, this team has is trending downward defensively in the last two weeks, the 26th-ranked defense. Um, so obviously some things to clean up. We've talked transition. We've talked turning the ball over. Turnover, turnovers lead straight to, to numbers, possessions, and then um, being able to, you know, being able to, to do a better job of, of getting the ball stopped in those ball screens. Uh, let's jump out to Malik Beasley's postgame comments here after the Jazz lose 125-116 against this Detroit Pistons team. Here's Malik Beasley from the podium. Defend, you know, 48 minutes, and, and it just looked like Detroit kind of dictated the terms of engagement, for lack of a better term. Um, I mean, honestly, it just sucks. You know, I think we're a way better team than them. And uh, tonight they were better than us. They wanted it more. And uh, I feel like this is the most important game of the year just because of the loss in L.A. And then with the schedule we have coming up, you know, this is a must win for us. And uh, we didn't execute. We didn't get back on defense. And, you know, that's been a problem. Uh, you know, we're like 29th in transition, but third in uh, half court. So we just got to be better. Got to stick together and you know, get these two on the road. Coach Hardy said that you didn't, you guys didn't. He didn't feel like you guys played with that <coughs> on your shoulder really. Do you guys feel like you've kind of lost that a little bit? Um, I don't think we lost it because you know we got players and we're a lot of underdogs. But I do feel like you know with the season that we have so far, we think it's going to be a little bit easier. And uh, that's how we can't play. We got to play like with a dog mentality, and you know, um, try to win every game, go for loose balls, things like that, make it scrappy. Transition, like you said, has been a problem uh, all season. Is there anything that you can say that like that's the reason that we haven't been that good, or this is what we have to do better? Um, I think we have to make better decisions on if we're crashing or getting back. Um, I feel like sometimes we crash late or. Um, even little plays like stabbing the ball in the half court, like trying to get the steal at half court and then the guy blows by you, starting with me. You know, I had that tonight. Um, but, you know, we just got to be better and communicate. Um, you know, it's hard to practice when, with our season, with our schedule. We, we haven't had a real true practice in, like, weeks. So, um, but that's how it is in this league. There's no excuses. We got to make sure we talk to each other and get back. Have you been under the weather? I'm okay. Colin had a career-high 12 assist tonight. Um, obviously, it's you know a learning process for him getting subbed in, starting in place of Mike. What did you, how did you feel about um, the way he played tonight? Um, I think this is one of his best games of the year. You know, not just because he didn't score the ball or you know he got into the ball a lot on the defensive end, um, made it tough for Ivy. Um, and then, like you said, career high in assists. You know, he's making a difference in the game. He's learning to play that starting position, especially with that group. He's done an amazing job, you know, continue to learn and, and grow. What was the team reaction after the late kind of elbow to Aubrey's <coughs> face? Um, you know, we I think we reacted too much. You know, as the, as the leader, I tried to get the group to 
you know, next may play mentality. You know, we can't let that be the determining factor of our game. And it wasn't. Um, you know, sometimes calls don't go our way. And that's where we got to become great and just focus on ourselves and not worry about the refs or the other team or anybody else. Do you think that became an issue in this game a little bit? Paying attention too much to the foul calling? Uh, you know, even I was complaining that we only had one free throw and not to the second half, I believe. So, um, but like I said, it's basketball, things are going to happen. You know, the refs did a good job tonight. You know, we, of course, we wish they could have made some calls on our end, but it didn't happen. And I don't think that's why we lost the game. You know, I think we got to get back in transition and continue to be together as a team. Walker doesn't get a really friendly whistle. He picks up a lot of offensive fouls that seem kind of ticky-tack. What does he have to do? Does he just have to, I mean, do you need to start talking to the refs at some point? Uh, I always talk to the refs. You know, I'm, uh, every game I go up to every ref and I ask how they're doing. Uh, I try to study them and, you know, see if they have families and stuff like that, little things like that. And um, I told Ro uh, Walker from the beginning of the season he's not going to get any calls this whole year. Um, so you got to fight through and continue to do what you're doing. I don't think he should change anything. You know, he sets great screens. Sometimes they call, sometimes they don't. Um, but as a rookie, they're going to make those calls. And um, it's his job to continue to stay strong and continue to learn that that's the game of basketball. Malik Beasley. There he is. Uh, yeah, tough game uh, tonight. And, of course, uh, you know, it was frustrating for these guys, Coach. They, they brought it up. It's just like, hey, at some point, you're talking to the refs. You're talking about fouls. You're talking, uh, you know, surrounding some of the calls that were made. It's never a good spot to be in after a game. No, and, and you know, first and foremost, that game, the officials did not help the Jazz tonight, but certainly not the reason they lost. Right. But going to that one play, I want to take just a second. I have sat here for three years watching some of the most ridiculous reviews Two plays, whether a guy tugged on somebody's short sure. or whether the popcorn maybe fell out of somebody's bowl and went <laughs> onto the court, you know, during a play. To not review that call tonight after those two guys, after those two guys had to be separated, okay? Those two guys had to be separated. Neither one let go of the ball for 35, 40 seconds. I mean, it was almost awkward. It right. was very awkward. Yes. But why the explanation given on the floor? No whistle. Right. Oh, well, we don't, that, we don't review because no, we didn't have no, a whistle. And nobody saw it. Not nobody one of those it. guys saw yeah. it. Mm. Shame on them. And shame on the NBA. If someone's got to say they got to call from New York, that was right? a flagrant foul. The, the kid was upset, and you can see he tipped the ball and then instantly know, hey, his head's here, and recoiled. Bam. But either way, it was a shot to the head, and most shots to the head, regardless of intent, you're going to shoot. So... Shame on the officiating on that piece tonight. Uh, I don't want that. To, I just saw the re, the replay again on I know, Twitter. You were stewing over there. Oh, I'm mad. You, I saw you going after it. Yeah, I'm ticked. Uh, it was a weird one. I think that a lot of folks kind of wondered what had gone on there, and it, it really was the explanation was no one saw it, and there was no whistle to initiate anything to be able to look at. So One of those dudes was an, a WCC official, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> oh, it's always fun when we're talking about officiating after a game like this. But like you said, it, w it ended up not being the thing that lost the Jazz game for him, but, but there, there we are talking about kind of a, at least a head-scratcher there at that moment. And it was certainly changed a lot of the uh, momentum, too. Well, and, the, and you know, officiating spot. becomes a thing when you don't feel like you give your best. And, and I think that's what the Jazz felt like. Malik started that with – we're better than they are, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Right? They had won four games, 
But to Coach Hardy's point and his, this team's at their best when they play with a chip on their shoulder. And I don't think we – you and I didn't even talk about this, but, you know, in all these other games, even in the loss the other night to the Clippers, you thought, man, these guys are still playing up-tempo, lots of energy. I don't know if that was necessarily the case tonight, that there was a lot of energy uh, in this team, even though they were the ones that had the pressure legs. Yeah, so, you know, those are things it, – it, It's you go through a – the season is a whole lot of stuff. Um, you go from being the – the underdogs to the overdogs, you know, and, and if you let it, it will affect you. But this team, in my mind, is a team that's shown us night in and night out they're going to compete really hard. Um, you're going to have tough nights, and tonight was a, it was a tough night in a lot of different respects. But um, we've talked about the areas defensively they got to improve, and I think everybody knows that. Jazz fans, Safe Flight Auto Glass, proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. Appropriate that we had uh, Malik Beasley uh, at the podium because uh, he led the team tonight. With 11 rebounds. that a shocker to you? Malik Beasley, the uh, leading rebounder for the uh, Jazz. He's a hustler out there. Uh, at the end of the regular season, Safe Flight's going to donate 5 bucks uh, to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by the team. Uh, this year's uh, team-leading rebounder for the Utah Jazz. Let's take a break here. We'll come back. We'll get more of the sound that we can get, and we'll break down a little bit more of this loss. So the Jazz 125 to 116. They fall to the Detroit Pistons. We'll come back. More to go right here. It is your uh, Jazz game night and post game right here on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Ronnie Hook blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Alex Curry filling in for Jake Scott. Tim Lacombe. Nice enough to uh, allow me to be a part of uh, this evening. It's been a lot of fun so far. Not real fun when the Jazz lose, 125-116, the final here from uh, Vivint Smart Home Arena. Uh, lots going on tonight, and, of course, everything brought to you by the folks at Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, the My Subaru Is campaign, share real stories uh, from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story, markmillersubaru.com. Uh, Tim, let's get to Colin Sexton, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, his his number line tonight. It was brought up a little bit in the postgame presser by uh, uh, Will Hardy, but uh, something that I don't think a lot of folks knew what this what this stat line was. But let's get to the podium and uh, Colin Sexton, his comments after the game. Um, I would say just going into the game, just pretty much just, just knowing, like, I got to make sure I put my teammates in the right spots and right positions to score that really good shooters but and really good um, players on the team so um just try to pick and choose um when to shoot when not to shoot but also make sure i create for others and um i feel like i done that i did that tonight i'm um, creative for, for my teammates and i just got to continue to build off of it and just continue to continue to grow uh, i was working on it earlier this morning um during during shoot around so there are a couple times. For you. Did you know that it was a career high? Uh, no, I didn't know that. Honestly, I was just trying to just make plays. I know I, I sat down with coach, and he just like you gotta make sure you're running the team, running the show, and uh, I feel like I did that pretty well tonight. There are a couple times where you celebrated an assist, like you celebrated a dunk. You know, like you got pretty fired up. What does it mean to you to to see kind of you getting those assists, and, and especially you know having having some role in the the success of your teammates? Um, it feels good. It definitely feels good just to know that um, trying to build that trust and trying to build that, that between my teammates and know like I'm gonna make sure I make the right plays for them each and every time, whether um, whether it's shoot or pass. And I'm not gonna be perfect um, at times, but just continue to trust me and continue to know that I'm gonna um, find them when they're open. 
what did you see on film, um, you know, in terms of some of the mistakes that you made, you know, against the Clippers and, and try to translate it into, you know, some of the good things that you did tonight? Just being aggressive. Um, I feel like when I'm aggressive, then I'm able to see things a lot better. Um, but when I'm thinking about pass, 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 then um, then my mind's already made up. So when I'm thinking about being aggressive, whether it's pass or score, I feel like I'm able to either shoot the ball or just make the right decision. So just pick, picking and choosing my spots and going from there. We tell you were a little dejected about how Monday night's game went. What's the conversation been like with Will? Just like when you have a game like that, you know, kind of what's his message to you in terms of like just keep going? Um, absolutely. Just, just pretty much keep going. I felt like on Monday night it wasn't all bad. Um, at the end of the day, uh, you have those nights. Um, I just didn't make shots down the stretch, and um, but I felt like I, I played pretty well, and I just got to continue to build off of it. And he was able to tell me. I don't know if y'all seen it during the. He was like, you're good. Like We had a little discussion, and he, he got on me, which I need. At the end of the day, I need that, and I need him to just continue to coach me hard and know that and just continue to try to learn. What was he getting on you about in that moment? Do you remember? Uh, I don't remember, but I know it was something. I know I didn't do it tonight. <laughs> he said you're sometimes your harshest critic. Do you think that's true, and how do you think that plays in your kind of mentality in the game? Oh, man. I feel like I definitely am like really hard on myself. Um, at times, and I feel like I just gotta just give myself some grace. And I feel like if I miss a shot, I'm like, come on, you gotta make the next one. And I know at the end of the day, I'm not gonna be perfect, but um, just continue to build, just continue to know like uh, I didn't play a whole year of basketball, and it, it's coming, it's definitely coming, and my rhythm's coming, and I'm gonna figure it out. And when I do, it's gonna be scary. How much do you have to remind yourself that you only played 18, 19 games? Yeah, well, uh. It's crazy, definitely crazy. Um, it's early in the season, and we have a really good team. So now I'm just trying to continue to stay together. Um, we make sure we don't split. Make sure we just stay as one, and uh, we're gonna be fine. Um, at the end, every every good team has their their bumps in the road, and we just have ours right now. We we're gonna hit it and just keep going. What about like you specifically? Like you've only played that many um, games in a year. Man, wait. What do you mean? Like, uh, do you have to remind yourself that like? I'm only 19 games in after being out for 8 months. Mm. Oh, man, it, it feels good. It definitely feels good, but I definitely have to remind myself at night when I'm watching the game back, like, man, that's a play I would have made and jumped off this leg and not thought about it, or uh, I would have stole the ball there. And, like, just continue to give myself some grace um, and know that I'm um, playing 11 games last year and not being able to – like move and stuff for months and months. So just give myself some grace and know that it's early in the season and I'm going to be fine. There you go, Colin Sexton, 17 points on the night. Tim, you pointed this out and you said, we got to talk about this. Colin Sexton, 12 assists and two turnovers. That's a night when you go, like you're usually throwing your hands up and going, that's a celebration stat line right there. And the Jazz still loses basketball game because it didn't feel like it. How do you have a stat line like that and not feel like that? I, you know, I thought the game just had – Jazz, like you said, was, it felt like they were climbing uphill all night. You know, so you're always kind of looking at the scoreboard and they get that thing down and then uh, it gets pumped up. But I, I do think it's a win. I think it's a hallelujah. I think it's uh, a step forward. And Colin knows um, the things he's got to do to be able to get out there and, and play. Uh, but I would look at that stat line and say, man, that is – for a young guy in a new situation, that's growth. And, you know, you can't 
you can't forget that a big part of what's going on this year is development and growth. Um, and you're not going to win all the games uh, that you're supposed to even. Uh, so there's going to be nights where the other team just has, you know, Kevin Knox has a night uh, down the stretch. And that's really – that's he held the Jazz off at the end. Yeah, They were making a run, and he just yeah. kept boop, boop. Um, So that's where Coach Hardy talks about detail and chip on shoulder from the very beginning. So you don't get in that situation. But when you do – um, you know, all bets are off in a call or a, a couple of shots or whatever inefficiency on offense for a stretch that can bury your chances. So it's uh, a lot of things to, to digest by this team tonight. But uh, Colin Sexton, definitely a bright spot. Uh, he's coming back, of course, from uh, from long stint of injury. And uh, I think that's a storyline we kind of when he first got traded to the Jazz, we were like, yeah, this is a guy who hasn't played a lot of basketball because of the injuries he's been dealing with. But when he has played, he's been a sharpshooter. He's been a scorer. He takes that ball to the, to the hoop, and he scores a lot. And uh, and then we forget about it, I think, because you go, well, this team was having so much success. Um, and, and this is a guy who's still trying to get his feet under him, as he just said it tonight. Leading score for the Jazz tonight, uh, Malik Beasley with 29 points, 11 rebounds uh, for Malik. Uh, nice night for him. Just everybody in that last five and a half minutes, Tim, just felt like it was, it was all stale. So let's take another break here. We've got more to go here on your Jazz Post Game Show. Uh, we're going to come back, uh, clean up a few more of these uh, stats that kind of stood out to us right here on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Come is in the books. Now, let's get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim LaCombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott. Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Alex Curie filling in for Jake Scott. Tim Lacombe, of course, alongside. Uh, hand, hand holding all the way through here as I uh, get to this basketball game. This Detroit team came in and we just didn't give them much credit, did we? I haven't held your hand once. So don't lie. Should we start? Should we start it up now? <laughs> no. Hey, we all know who's running this thing. It's not it's you, Jamil, you or yeah. I. It's yeah. Jamil. Jamil's the man. It's, it's all good. Listen, that's the way. That's the way this thing's done. So, in fact, we are so blessed to have him. Uh, he's awesome. It's a good time to give thanks, guys like Jamil, who make this uh, ship able to be even uh, put out to sea. So, Chick Fil A foul shot review. We're going to uh, go over a little bit of these. Two teams uh, foul shooting on the evening, the Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Download the whole new way to uh, get that Chick-fil-A reward, earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. You got to do it. Uh, Yeah, on the evening, it it was a pretty interesting night because, again, we saw so much good shooting on the evening, right? You saw the Jazz shooting 84.2% from the uh, free throw stripe. You only had one attempt, though, in the first half. I think um, I think it was Colin Sexton who brought that up. Maybe it was Malik Beasley. But 16 for 19 on the night for the Jazz. Uh, 92.5% for the Detroit Pistons, who took quite a few more shots. But 25 for 27 from the line, that makes quite a big difference right there. And, uh, you know, goes back to the old officiating commentary that we were having before. Right there, Tim? Yeah, don't get me started. Ah. I'll stop right there. <laughs> I'll stop right there. Hey, look, you have $30,000, you send me a check, and I will talk about I will talk about the officiating, all right? So uh, there's the breakdown there, and so you've got yourself a uh, a night where the Jazz shoot blisteringly, like I said, from the field. They're 50% from the field, 44% from three, 84% from the uh, th- from the free throw line, and they lose 125 to 116. Uh, let's take another break here. The Mark Miller uh, postgame, the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show continuing here. My Subaru is. You can share your story about your Subaru experience with the folks there at markmillersubaru.com. Share what the unique experience of owning a Subaru is like, markmillersubaru.com. 
Tim, shall we come back and uh, wrap things up, get everybody ready for uh, their Thanksgiving day and uh, and get going here uh, around the corner here? I, I would think that would be a great right. idea. You, you make some Thanksgiving uh, predictions. you got a big drive to make, my man. I do. i got the, you know, you make sacrifices. Sacrifice, passion. What was the other one? <laughs> uh, commitment, sacrifice, passion. Aware. I'm like I'm a, I'm a Will Hardy guy. This is Team 49 trying I'll, to down. I'll throw one in for the officials. Awareness. <laughs> I love it. I'll stop right there. That's what Tim. That's what uh, that's what Coach Hardy gave us tonight. We'll take the break here. More to go on the Utah Jazz Radio. Running hook, blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Horton Tucker. Top to Beasley. Jazz playing without Conley. Don't get a good look here. Beasley forces up a three over Ivy, and because he's Malik Beasley, that's good. Sixth three of the night. Beasley leads all Jazz scores with 20, as does Jordan Clark. Malik Beasley ended the night with 29 points. The lead uh, all Jazz scores there. Ended with 11 rebounds as well. Uh, quite the night for him, but the Jazz fall, 125-116 to the Detroit Pistons. Welcome back. It is your Mark Miller Subaru and your Utah Jazz postgame show. Alex Curie filling in for Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe across the way here for us. That was your play of the game. Uh, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. Tim, uh, final thoughts on this one. Uh, I think we all came into this one exactly the way you had put it, which was I would not have – I would have said that this game was going to end in the W column for the Utah Jazz, but uh, the NBA is funny like that. Some of these guys are pretty darn good basketball players, even when we want to uh, say that they're probably not going to win a game. And the Detroit Pistons have, in two nights – Defeated the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz. Not a bad stretch for them. No, credit to them. I thought they played hard. They played together and, and certainly played more a complete game and why they won. But um, I, the Jazz, certainly a couple things here and there. They need to work on some bright spots as well. Um, I think Colin Sexton made a huge step forward in a game tonight. Uh, that number 12, that, that's a hard number to accomplish. 12 uh, turnover, excuse me, 12 assists, only two turnovers. So, uh Great night for him. The offense was good, and I think it's just a matter of shoring things up. Coach Hardy talked about ball screen defense. The NBA, the essence of the NBA, is the ball screen, and so that is defense. If transition defense is struggling, ball screen defense isn't great. Chances are, and offense and defensive rebounding is struggling. You know, you're going to have a hard time. So, some things to shore up. But I still love this team. Uh, Beasley's been on a roll and a terror. Uh, six more threes tonight. Love his game. Malik Threesley is what I call oh, him. Oh, there Alex. you go. But uh, anyway, that that's kind of my sum up. I think that uh, it's it's going to be nice to have a little bit of a, a break um, and the Jazz then right back at it Friday, Saturday. Well, you know, what's interesting is that uh, the Jazz last Wednesday, they had a Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, just like uh, this week as they, as they uh, had last week. They lose to the Sixers on Wednesday. Uh or no, on Sunday they so they lose to the they lose to the Sixers on Sunday, lose to the Knicks on Tuesday, and then that Friday Saturday back to back, they of course stole one against the uh, Suns here at home, and then they go up to Portland and they win that one. Who's now the sixth team in the right. West? And we just kind of th- those are head scratching results too, compared to I think what people may have expected versus what you get. So maybe the Jazz surprise you this weekend as they uh, have another back to back Friday Saturday at the Warriors and at the Suns. It's going to be a tough one. 
Happy Thanksgiving, Tim. You too, man. Thanks uh, for, for filling in for Jake. You did a great job. It was awesome. I appreciate it. I really love uh, doing this stuff and uh, hanging out with you is, is mostly the fun to be able to kind of break this thing down. I wish people could have that off-the-air experience. Maybe that's what we start doing. Make, start making people pay for uh, extra entry into uh, to watch us uh, complain about watching these uh, these games up here in the booth No, then well. I'd have to dress up. <laughs> no, um, what, did, what, did, uh, what did Mike Smith say? We look like two bums. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'd love to dress like you guys. Whatever this is going on. So there you go. All right, Tim, happy uh, Thanksgiving. Jamil, nice job, man. Thanks for uh, having me in, and happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Uh, we'll take the break here. Mark Miller Subaru and the Mark Miller Subaru is campaign Subaru my Subaru is share your story markmillersubaru.com that's how you can share your unique experience as a Subaru owner markmillersubaru.com that does it for us right here on the Utah Jazz Radio Network